and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. He's a South Texan poppy poet living that hashtag middle class gay life. It's Chibi. She's a little bit Selena, a little bit JLo, and a whole lot of Pisces. It's Rocky. And this is Words and Shit. The show where you get to know the person behind the poetry. Brought to you by Write Art Out. All right, all right, all right. Well, here we are. Hi, can you hear me? I can hear you. You're frozen, though. There's just a still a still image of you. I'm... I'm convinced something's in retrograde because life has just been <laughs> a it's whirlwind. Okay. It's funny because I, I, I see you. You're coming in clear. I'm coming in clear. Um, a little bit more clear than um, than I would like to, but it's okay. <laughs> it is okay. We're just going to see a, a, be- a, a beautiful picture of you uh, while we get the show going. <laughs> Some, but yeah, something's in retrograde, Rocky. I don't know about you, but uh, oh, no. this 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 is just you know life. It's a live show, people. <laughs> it is. We I feel like there's been multiple times where we've just been like live show. We don't know what's gonna happen, but here we are. It's all good. It's all good. You know, we're gonna get the show rolling. We're gonna get the show started. You know, just the, the way that. America decided this school is starting and we're just going to roll with it, even if we don't know what's happening, right? Exactly, exactly. Ooh, so, my life. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, you work at a school, right? You work at, 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 a, at, a, you know, at a college with I some do. of the young people? I do. I work at a um, community college here in Brooklyn. Um, and it's been very interesting, right? Because we have to go back to, we're doing hybrid, so we have some students that are coming in and getting classes. Nope, you can't hear me? Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was just like, I'm so alert. I was like, what is that? <laughs> live, y'all. It's coming in live. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we're uh, basically, this, it's almost like, yeah, it's, we don't know what's happening. We do, we have a plan, but the plan keeps changing and the students are luckily adaptable um, but I just feel like, you know, I don't think I was ready to go back yeah. know, as much as possible. And, um, I can imagine our students as well being kind of in this hybrid back and forth thing. So my, you know, definitely, definitely my heart goes out to them, but students and, and young adults and, you know, I think children in general are really resistant, um, resilient and not resistant, but real resilient and powerful. And I think that's the reason why I gravitate towards this work. Yeah, I, I hear you. You know, I did I did a lot of work uh, with kids last school year uh, as a teaching artist here in San Antonio. Uh, and these kids, like some of them were in the classroom, some of them were at home. I was, you know, teaching them virtually and it was it was a hot mess, but the kids were just so about it right they they were just so eager to like to to work and to learn and to like be part of you know this like poetry community uh and you know it gives me hope every time i work with with kids uh because it it is this idea that like okay there might be a brighter future if you know we just we just listen to the young people and and we help them become like their their fullest potential uh because they they know what's up yes 
And our guest today does a lot of work with kids as well. So I'm sure he has his own thoughts on the youth and working with them and what the future may hold. Tell us about our guest, Rocky. Sure. Um, <laughs> All right. Tibby, uh, I was like, my internet <laughs> giving me a little things. All right. Our guest for today is none other than Mason Granger. He is a poet with 15 plus years of professional experience on stage and in classrooms across 49 states, what, and six countries. Wow. Um, he created the poetry video platform Slam Find as a way to connect poets and poetry fans with live poetry venues around the country and continues in the spirits of the work as manager of community outreach with Get Lit and through multiple forthcoming creative projects. So please, please welcome our amazing guest, Mason. Mason Granger! Hey. Hey. Hi! Hi. Folks? How you I'm doing? I'm doing very well. And actually, as a side, this is, we have, we have witnessed at 5.16 p.m. Pacific time. This is the first confirmation. I think I've got salt and pepper beard. I think that's what this is. Oh, wow. welcome to the club. We've got, we got or, a little- It's either that or it's like a stray Chipotle, uh, Chipotle mayo from earlier, but <laughs> I am going to be optimistic. I'm gonna say I've achieved. Hello. <laughs> I love it. The Salt and Pepper Club is a very special club to be a part of. We just, you know, gonna. I've been looking forward to it since like before like, I was like twelve. I had I was just clean shorn and was like I can't wait to look like George Clooney somehow. But, uh, getting there. <laughs> I mean, I'm so excited for you though because I feel like I, you know, a nice salt and pepper look looks so amazing on men, even women too. Like. I wouldn't, I love a good mom with like salt and pepper hair. I think it's just so distinguished. Um, mm -hmm. I want to be like that. I'm just like, oh, here, I know I've, I've had this same hair color for 30 years, 31 years already. Look, I'm ready to change it up. <laughs> well, if you pray really hard, you too. Please. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, it's so great that we're, we have you here. I know that we're, I, no, not we. Me, I'm having technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so funny because I have both the um, on my phone and I'm also on the Facebook to look at what my screen looks like. <laughs> wow, it's it's not the most flattering angles, but you know what? It's okay. It's okay. Um, so you know, since you're here, we always welcome our guests and try to invite you to make sure that you feel like you're a friend, you're part of the fam. And so I always want to ask, like, how's your heart today? How's your heart today, this week, this month, this year, this season? How's it going? Right on. Okay. Uh, my heart is is decent. My heart is decent today. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually just started a new position here at Get Lit. So Ooh. it's a lot of, of learning of new things and being like, oh, that's what QuickBooks looks like. And uh, just doing, <laughs> <laughs> doing uh, new tasks. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, feeling good. And the other quote, forthcoming creative projects that I put in my bio like a year ago, just to be like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, but like something that's uh, <laughs> going all right too. So uh, feeling good. Great. All right, I, I, I like decent. I feel like 
Uh, these days, you know, whenever it's like somebody greets you, it's like, hey, how are you? It's like, ooh, that's a loaded question. There's a lot happening, right? Uh, so decent feels feels accurate. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I mean, decent in like the early 90s way, like when I was, when I was like, decent, like, like, Better than just okay. Like I'm decent. Like yeah, <laughs> decent with swag. Decent with yes. Decent on the upswing. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, uh, well. Before we dive into the conversation itself and into the poetry and whatnot, we like to play a little game so that the audience that's listening or tuning in. Uh, can get to know you just a little bit before we get into the nitty gritty. We call this game speed dating. Uh, so Rocky and I are going to ask you a series of questions and uh, feel free to answer them as in-depthly or concisely as you feel is necessary to justify your answer. Okay. Yes. All right. So first question. You work a lot with, with, with kids, with the youth of all ages, all ranges. What is your favorite age group to work with and why? uh favorite age group two quick answers the my favorite age group to work with is like 11th 12th grade uh just they're they're you know the older you are the more advanced you would think your your your, your biz is but the most rewarding uh uh age to work with is seventh graders because like if if you rock like a you know an auditorium of seventh graders you know it's for real because when 500 seventh graders decide they don't like you at the same time, like you'll know. And so like when you succeed in that arena, then you know, you're like, okay, I actually am doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. We had Roddy on here last week and she said the same thing. She's like, I love working with middle schoolers because when you connect, you know that it's real. And when they shut off, yeah, know that it's real too. Correct. Yes, I do. I love that. I think they're just like a great age group too. Because they're just like awkward and they felt they're like feeling themselves, but they're like, mm, you should be feeling yourself but in different ways, not because <laughs> the ways you think you should be feeling yourself, you know? But yeah. It's cute. If you can if you can cut through that like fresh layer of exaggerated cool, mm -hmm. then you're like, yeah, I'm I'm stronger than puberty. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I think then, I guess my next question kind of goes along with that. Uh, what is your like favorite, I guess, affirmation or compliment that you received? If, and they could also be within that, specifically in that age group too, that you're just like, oh, I feel myself. Like, this is, I'm amazing. Cool. Um, someone told me that I was a good teacher. Uh, like, is super basic and but it was like unprompted and like the end of the year like the last show and they're like mr mason you're a good teacher and i was like that's great because like i kind of just am making this up as i as i go <laughs> along <laughs> and compounding years of making stuff up and being like i think this works yeah it did work all right well let's make something up tomorrow and you know over time put something together that that actually is uh is connecting yeah, good. Well, I wish as a kid I had had an adult tell me that adult most of adulting is just making stuff up as you go, yes. and that oh. you never you never have any idea what you're doing. <laughs> yep, yep. That salt and pepper wisdom right there. Uh, sure, I'm telling you. What you come to? 
You know, I will I will ceremoniously shave and give you a chin wig and wear it. I don't know. I appreciate the sentiment. I am both very excited and also highly distracted. <laughs> so on the subject of chin wigs, no. Uh, <laughs> but on the subject of maybe chipotle sauce, I ask this of every guest because because I'm, I'm I'm a foodie and I love it. What is your favorite food dish to eat? Favorite food dish is something that my mom made. I think she made it up, but I called it taco lasagna. And it was basically like a lasagna, a traditional type of lasagna in the pan, but every ingredient is swapped out with like taco ingredients. And so instead of the big flat noodles, it was tortillas instead of the like tomato sauce, it was like salsa and, but it was made and put together and baked the same way. And so, uh, I've never seen it or heard of it anywhere else, but uh, taco lasagna. <laughs> I am having a mind melt right now. And I'm gonna go do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta I gotta snatch that recipe one of these days. Yeah. Uh -huh. I know. And like Chippy's an excellent cook. So, you know, if you ever like are in Texas and specifically San Antonio, go because I feel like to me, you can make like a taco lasagna slash like chili taco lasagna. Mm. Um, you can make it, mm. make it work. Um, let's go taco lasagna, says Marissa <laughs> Prada. I'm all for it. Concur. Concur. I love it, I love it. So I guess, you know, to close this out, you know, um, you teach, you give out these amazing wisdoms with your, your salt and pepper. <laughs> I think what is like one of the best words of advice you've ever received, maybe from a mentor, a teacher, or even family members or friends, and how do you try to apply that every single day? Cool. So it, the best professional advice I received was from a, a guy who was, it was at a, a children's arts festival in uh, Calgary, Canada, all right? Mm -hmm. We're in, in Calgary, and this guy is a was a sixth-generation flying Walenda, like this trapeze family. Uh, I don't know how many there could be. Maybe they're the trapeze family. But he made his living for, you know, he's in his 40s, made his living his whole life as a street performer, busker, circuit person. And so we were sitting on this panel, and uh, afterwards, he came up to, to me and the other guys who I'm performing with, and we're like, yeah, you know, we're just just out here doing doing whatever. And uh, he's like, yeah, you guys got something there. Let me give you some uh, some advice. Um, just be good at what you do, be easy to work with, and show up on time, and you always have work. And I, it was so simple, and then hit me, especially when I was like, this dude's made a life as like a street performer on these tenants. And I was like, okay, I think I'm decently okay at what I do, uh, I have a, a generally chill demeanor, so all I got to do is make an effort to show up on time and then do the thing, and like we're good. Bet. And so, <laughs> so that was I like that advice. And then uh, my granddad a long time ago said uh, it's it's never too late to make another decision. Mm. So uh, 
That's good. You put, put them together and uh, you can do some things. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that first one. Yeah. Be good. Be easy. Be on time. Live it. Love it. And never too late to make a, a different decision. I was like, ooh, now we got you. <laughs> It's like you have no idea how much that's speaking to me right now. <laughs> yeah. Started with the professional advice and then hit you with the life. The mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where like the, the beard comes in that wisdom. You know, <laughs> I don't want to get it too much, but uh, I gotta, gotta leave some of that in there. Yeah. <laughs> gotta take it, gotta take it. All right, well, that was just a little sprinkling of Mason Granger getting to know the poet here. Uh, so. We are going to we're going to officially like dive deep into it, uh, and we'd like for you to open us up with with a poem uh, for everybody that's currently watching at home in Facebook land and YouTubeville. Uh, use the comment section, y'all. Marissa and Stephanie are on it with the comment section, but we read them, we showcase them. We want you to be part of this conversation. If you got something to say, something to appreciate, a question to ask, just drop it in the comment section, y'all, and we will we will relay it. But uh, at this point. We are going to relay ourselves out of here and let you, Mason, please open us up with a poem. All right. All right. So um, I'm going to do a poem that is kind of like along the lines of, because a lot of times I say to do poetry for kids, uh, not many people, unless you happen to go to a middle school that brought in a, a spoken word poet like myself and like some others may not know like exactly what that is. We go to adult poetry slams and you see like, that's the general vibe of what we're all used to. So uh, me and my wife started a children's show. It's like an interactive, uh, like Sesame Street meets Broadway, I guess. Um, and so this is a poem that's meant for like little, little kids, but trying to like be on this Pixar vibe where like, you know, it's for kids, but everybody cried at Toy Story 3. So it's all for everybody. Here we go. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Your body is a neat machine from head to toes and in between. Head, shoulders, knees, and toe, whoa, 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 whoa. Like any good house, start from the ground up. Your feet are the foundation of the whole hut. Stride to achieve exercise that you need for your calves and your knees and your thighs and your butt. Give a little shake. It's okay. That's what's up. The more you make moves, you'll be healthy growing up. So let your feet take your body up the stairs. Throw your favorite song on and throw your hands up in the air. But don't stop there. Like every good house need a roof when it rains. Care for your body, do the same for your brain. The more you sit and think, the more you build the link from your thoughts to the ink to the truth in your name. Eating junk food and your stomach feels pain. Too many junk thoughts and your head will feel the same. And everything humanity's achieved started as an idea in the head of someone who believed. So take your lead. Like every good house is the life inside. Connection with your gut and your heart and your mind. You know what feels right. You know what feels wrong. When you listen to the rhythms, it'll be your favorite song. Some days will be the flowers. Some days will be the rain. Some days on the ground. Some days an airplane. So let your imagination find a pilot and fly into the future. Turn your ideas to I dids. Write down your dreams on the insides of eyelids. So when you're asleep, keep your eyes on the prizes. Health is complete when you build your whole self. Your body is a house, it's a home, it's a temple, it's your head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Your body is a neat machine from head to toes and in between. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. 
<laughs> oh yes. So yeah. Oh, that line from ideas to I did. <laughs> you slide some of the lines for the grown folks and uh, you know, keep the rest in the lane. Yeah, I think this is the like correct me if I'm wrong, Toby, but I think this is the first time we've actually had a poet do a poem that is like almost geared towards like younger people, right? Yeah. I don't think we've ever had someone who comes like you know everyone's like yeah I teach I I work with youth or I work with children but never specifically write for that age category so it was actually really fun I think right now like even my inner child was like yeah yo okay okay so uh so me and my wife did a show uh, in Santa Monica on Sunday. And it's at this outdoor promenade. And so I like outdoor shops and just like only walking traffic, mm-hmm. middle of the afternoon. And so I'm do in the middle of this poem, this group of like eight to 10 folks, like the super stereotypical, like we just brunched hard. <laughs> and they're like coming down and they're just like, yeah and they're like dancing all over the place and then uh she goes to she leans to my wife she like the one girl grabbed the tambourine she's banging it and then she goes to my wife and was like we just had mimosas and mushrooms and this was so much fun (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's hysterical so yeah it might it might have been written for children but it is obviously you know transgressing across all age groups Let's let's talk because you said it was for the for this web series that you started uh, with your wife, uh, Vasti. Vasti. Yeah, rhymes with frosty. I got it. Vasti and friends. Um, where did this idea come about? Why did this idea come about? You know, like, yeah. So it came about uh, basically COVID. Uh, <laughs> Last March, you know, everybody's stuck inside and be like, yeah, what are we going to do? Um, I have from, I, I work at Get Lit, the youth nonprofit here in LA. We can talk more about that later. But I had a bunch of uh, live streaming video equipment in the apartment. My wife has uh, been in a bunch of Broadway shows and also babysat for like a thousand families in New York <laughs> over, over the years. And so... She has the the kid rapport. She's like a kid whisperer. And so uh, we just hooked up the Zoom. She pulled out her guitar, put on like a flower crown and starts like playing songs for random for like kids of the families who she knew. And then we like expanded out from there. And now, uh, yeah, working on a children's album. We got this show series in Santa Monica, doing some shows in New York in November. Um, yeah, she would just beam in her like Broadway friends from their living rooms. They're also stuck at home in New York. So they're playing ukulele and we're making up kids songs and little games and got puppets and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, it's fun. It sounds so cute. (laughs) I feel like this is just a very wholesome, like from get, this has been wholesome. It's like, I feel really energized right now, even just like listening to you. Um, like almost like, again, like my inner child is, at circle time on those like circle rides. Like, <laughs> I'm on the green circle. <laughs> yeah, we get like fan art of little kids drawing horrifically oblong crayon characters of us, but like it's adorable also. So yeah, yeah, it's fun. 
<laughs> do you have puppets? Uh, say it again. Do you have puppets? We do. <gasps> uh, Everybody loves puppets. <laughs> the puppet's name is Noodle. <gasps> I wrote some poems, sent them. I don't do the puppetry. It's uh, another dude in uh, New York, and he's been on like Nick Jr. and stuff. But, like, he's like a real puppeteer, and he like have the puppet recite poems that I write for them. Uh, and that's, I was like, after the first one, and then he sent the video back, I was like, if somehow I could do this and only this for the rest of my life, <laughs> write, write poems for this puppet to recite, like, that's uh -huh. it. How did you get, like, this, did you, like, seek them out? Did Noodle seek you out? Like, <laughs> these are all, these are all people who, uh, who my wife knew from being, she's been in, like, eight Broadway shows, and so she just knows a whole bunch of really talented people mm. in New York. Mm. Oh, man. Somebody's got to write a letter to Netflix or Hulu and just be like, yo. We're slow, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're slowly sliding in, so, like, <laughs> We are trying to find producers and like, yeah, do it, doing the, doing the dance. So basically, be, basically what, what I'm understanding is that we're getting you before you get super famous and we can no longer book you because you're gonna be so booked with like children's <laughs> shows and like yeah. podcasts and all that stuff. Great, great. You heard y'all hear it. You know me. I <laughs> would love for that to be manifesting. If you're manifesting right now, I yep. am giving you all of the vibes. Putting things in Putting it out into the universe, Vasti <laughs> and friends will be the next Gullah Gullah Island. Okay, yes. that's boom. <laughs> oh my goodness! And that was like such a big change because you know you're talking about how you used to be in New York and your wife needs to be in a whole bunch of Broadway shows, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you remember, but you actually hosted Chippy and I like behind the stage of the Bowery. Right. Yep. Yep. And you were um, the director of a Bowery Club, which is one of the iconic venues, right? I think it's New Yorkans and Bowery are like at the same level in New York. Like it's one and the other. Just y'all complement each other, but at different, such different places, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And so, yeah. Like, can you talk about you know your little bit about your time there, and like how big of that transition it is from from the Bowery to where you are right now? Yeah, for sure. So like Bowery has one, uh, like an, a thing that you can't duplicate, which is history. Mm. And so places that just have that long standing, like it, it's an establishment it, and it's been around consistently for so long and for so much longer than a lot of like other poetry slam venues. Like, and so when the internet first came out, they were the only people with like professional quality videos on YouTube, for instance, from Urbana Poetry Slam back in like the the early aughts. I don't know if that's the, the official term from the 2000 O's. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so like it, it and you, you just can't you can't replicate that. You can't duplicate that. And so every it was a weekly open mic and every week, most of the people who were in attendance were people from out of town, which is another advantage in New York, like eventually everybody comes to visit at some point. And so just a constant influx of new people who are like super excited to show up and share on like the iconic stage. Um, like that's a draw that you can't just like start a place up and then have that 
you know, next year. Like, and so, so with that, it's such a, it's such a unique thing and such a like uh, baton to carry and pass. Um, and so, yeah, so it, I, I loved it. <laughs> I loved <laughs> like doing the open mics and like, honestly, I came to, I came to enjoy host, like, you know, performing stuff, but came to enjoy hosting um, more so finding my lane being like the mortar instead of the bricks in terms of like building building a thing or building a night and being like all right the poems are what they are and they're going to be i don't i don't know these people <laughs> they walked in signed the list you're going to get up and say something uh and then so my part in it is to take take whatever happens and like oh you're you're doing this okay well that fits in the context of what we're about this way Okay, keep it moving. Okay, oh, you come up here. That was hilarious. Dope. Okay, great. This this is something that might need some remedying to fix the vibe in this room. Okay, so I'm gonna like come up and like vamp for a couple minutes. Like whatever 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 that is. And I just came to to enjoy that. And I'm like, you know, maybe it's like uh the experience working with like seventh graders again, where you're in in a school, so there's like stuff that you just can't say and like places you can't go but you still need to be for real present to keep them captured and then all right you translate that to a room full of like adults who are going to be polite no matter what generally then like mm -hmm. it feels a little easier but yeah that, that's what I, I enjoyed that a lot i love that that metaphor being that the mortar instead of like the brakes right like the glue that kind of holds it all together that uh honestly oftentimes you know the people in those roles, like the the organizers, the directors, the producers, the uh, are often like it's it's almost unseen, right? You know, in, let's say like in a collage, right? In a collage, you see all the stuff that got stuck on there, but you don't see the glue that's holding it together. And without the glue, it would all just fall apart. So it's often an underappreciated role. So props to you for. Uh, yeah, that's that. So that's the grown. That's the adult book that I'm work that I would like to write. It's like how uh, how to host an open mic and other ways to make space. That thing, like it, it, it is. It's a thing where like uh, the the yeah the poems take care of themselves. And so like as a host, just like when in doubt, keep it moving. And mm -hmm. when something comes up, then go for it. That train of thought runs out. You can never go wrong by introducing the next poet and you know just little things like that yeah and it's such a huge responsibility to create that space right because ultimately you're in charge of the atmosphere right and like you said like barui's been around for it's an institution at this point right uh, people travel just to go um and so like i know like when when i was there it was like Oh my God, Barry's having an open mic while I just happen to be in New York. I have to go. And you were like so apologetic. You're like, it's our off night. There's only like, you know, 10 people here or whatever. And it's like, I don't care. I want to get on stage at the Bowery, right? So uh, it's a huge responsibility to take on. Like, did that kind of like worry on you? Uh, like when you were like, all right, I'm going to be the director of the Bowery. We're like, was that like a pressure or did you just kind of like, I'm just going to do what I need to do and not worry about history on my shoulders? The director pressure uh, came after I was the host. So I, I just came on. It was already a director and everything already in place. And then I just came on as the host of the open mic just to pop in and, you know, pop in on Sundays, do the thing, be like, 
what was the door? I don't care. I came, had fun. Everybody liked it. Bye. You know, like, so, like that was cool. And so then I did that. I was, I did that for like two years before then becoming the director. Mm. Um, and so I already, already was comfortable with the, with the show part of it. Um, and then, yeah, then the director duties were just all the, the behind the scenes stuff. And also being like, oh, there's a time slot right before that. And we want to make that as dope as it can be. And also the show's tomorrow. We got to do that. And so it just expanded the duties. But I mean, the, the open mic part and hosting that, like that was that was the, the, the frosting. Yeah, I think um, people kind of overlook the behind the scenes because I'm more of a behind the scenes type of person. And I think um, people want to shine. I, just like Chibi, because I feel Chibi is just, I mean, Chibi does a lot of the behind the things too, but Chibi is also amazing in person um, and shines so well. And for me, I love the behind the scenes. Like I rather like curate everything and have the audience experience an amazing time uh, with these amazing people that I've done than me actually come up with words and like wowing people, right? Because to me, the effort and the work and the artistry is the curating and the, and curating that atmosphere so and i think you were always so great you know even like that one time that we we went to new york we had such a great time and i didn't know that bowery had a second floor <laughs> if y'all don't know i feel like yeah because like you know the insides and outs of the bowery and for for our audience members who don't know the bowery it's like super iconic and the fact that it had a second like story and you're like yeah look at this beautiful view of like new york city up here and like what? <laughs> real life like you get to see this like all, like every single week you know um and i guess how does like do you feel like you you still get like that you know being the director of the bowery and i it's like you said it's an iconic stage and um people feel like yeah i'm a big deal do you still feel like you're a big deal with like, does that translate with the children? Like, do you want to go be like, like children? <laughs> Let me tell you what I used to do. <laughs> so, all right. So, I, that comes from from being older than being twice as old as high school poets. So, like, so here, okay. So, Megillah now in Los Angeles, and last year was the the instructor for the Get Lit players who we have, which is kind of like the equivalent of Get Lit's varsity team, I guess. Like they audition at the beginning of the year, try out, and then every week we do like writing workshops and practices and stuff. And so they would, and so from being in and around the poetry scene, like at Bowery, which yeah, it's a New York, uh, you know, a distinctly New York place, but has nationwide draw and kind of acclaim. And then also from, going to National Poetry Slam and Individual World Poetry Slam and all those events uh, for years prior to that, just knowing the poets who were my students' first poets who they saw that like got them turned on to the art form. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, oh man, oh man, something, something, Portia, oh. And I'm like, oh yeah, Portia, we were like, <laughs> You want me to text her and tell her that you said that? Cool. Or, you know, just like whoever, whoever it was. So like those little, uh, those, those moments uh, were, where I, you know, I felt like I could. We're just like using, using videos that I shot, poetry videos that I 
had filmed and integrating those into the lesson on any given day, um, they always liked that flex. <laughs> but, you know, I was like fortunate. I've been in been in the rooms as like a lot of a lot of people who are who are aficionados. I would say been in the rooms of seeing like amazing stuff and like to be able to to then share that with the these generation of kids who are like they're here in Los Angeles. They're sixteen. They don't have cars. They can't go see this stuff on their own. So being able to bring that to them. Uh, in, in a Zoom format, like that was that was always good. Mm. I think this is a that's amazing. But I think this is a perfect time for to show you know any of your students, or you can play back this video to your students. Be like, I still got it. <laughs> can you please share us uh, a video and stun a little bit, um, you know, on your students and, and here, um, share just like a piece of us. Dig it. I dig it. Is it, uh, so you read another poem? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's time for you to show your students what you can do. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so speaking, uh, speaking of, of my students, this is this, the story is that in class, uh, part of it was to, one of the assignments was to choose a classic poem from any time in history and like do a little research on who the poet was and the time period in which they existed and the context in which this poem that they wrote like was created. Um, and so, and then to come back the following week with a poem that was like the, a little bio in poem format. Cool. In the course of this conversation with these high schoolers, it came out that I was not familiar with uh, Megan the Stallion, okay? So they say, ha, 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 Mr. Mason, your assignment is to write a poem about Megan the Stallion, and then that's your homework for next week. And so I wrote Ode to Megan the Stallion, and that's this. Megan the Equus. Now maybe her agenda is equality of the sexes, or maybe she's making a living just doing what she enjoys and it wouldn't be a thing if she's a boy, but here we are, black woman, superstar, taking heat. But she's from South Texas where bodies yeet sweat in the triple digits first day of spring. Everywhere but Houston, you have a problem. Stallion on SNL dragging old white men like Santa Claus in. If Beyonce's the queen bee, clearly, Megan is the Secretariat of State. Lone star to world star, got words for where the girls are seen in the front row. Hot girl summer steam freeze to Tina Snow, all Fahrenheit's achieved. I feel your pain like I jumped to put on these jeans. If you don't like, you can leave. Huff and puff till you blow out your weave. But Megan's house made of bricks, call her Minecraft Steve. Now every generation believes in the myopia of a human lifetime. These Mercator projections turn in circles into timelines. Well, I'm sorry to break it to you, but everything's already broken to you. Hierarchies need rearranging. Time waits for no mansplaining. Now, if the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost all get to stick around, then classy, bougie, ratchet, one head can wear the triple crown. That's Megan. The pews are where you are, Megan, where wop, wop, wop means write a poem, write a poem, write a poem, write a poem. Tell them. Thank you. <laughs> wow. 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 And so and so then when I when I prompted because like, all right, you write for a minute, you know, when you're like, yeah, this is this is gonna bang. 
And so I was like, I did it at the very end of the class and was like, okay, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna share the poem and then I'm gonna immediately end the Zoom meeting. And so. <laughs> wow, it's like straight up like, gee, just like. I was gonna say that's some gangster shit right there. Uh, yeah. Wow. How funny. Well, so, so. Thank you for that poem, kind of transitioning us into the next conversation. I want to talk about your transition because you were in New York for the longest time. You talk about your wife uh, being on Broadway. So obviously like being in New York was important. Like you, you can't be, whatever. Uh, so like what took you to West Coast, East Coast, West Coast? Now you're in LA. Like what, yeah. what was that since uh, you said January of last year? Yep, yep. So January 2020, well, so uh a bunch of broadway shows been in them for almost 20 years and so uh just get to the point for speaking for my wife so she had wanted to get more into film and tv acting as opposed to stage theater acting because i mean when it really boils down to it it's like 10 times the work for one tenth of the pay. And so you're like, yeah, what am I doing here? Uh, I can act over here for like a day and then make rent. Um, so that had always, that'd been like an idea rolling around, but so firmly entrenched in like the theater world. Um, but it had been, it had been an idea. And then she auditioned for this thing, the CBS uh, diversity showcase uh, that's out in LA. And she ended up getting it. And it's a four month, uh, a four month sketch comedy program. Uh, and then at the end you do a showcase for CBS. So we kind of like, you know, long story short, she found out that she got into the showcase in September. It started October 1st. And then she like went to LA. In that meantime, I reached out to get lit, uh, just, a, you know, analogous poetry organization that I knew of in LA and was like, Hey, there's a good chance that like, or I, I, I tried to, to hi, I'm the executive director of Bowery Poetry Club. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a chance that I'll be relocating to the area and was wondering if uh, you could show me around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flex, flex. And so, <laughs> um, and so yeah, and it, it, you know, fortunately it just happened that the, one of the, there was a, a position that just opened up. One of the other people just had a, like an amazing opportunity and moved to Africa. Um, and so there was an opening. And so I kind of just, you know, we just made the made the pass, and then January I moved out here, started immediately working at Get Lit, and just been getting in, you know, getting in where I fit in here. And then while she's, you know, doing her doing her acting thing, it's amazing. Wow. And so here we are. And I think I was honestly, I've been ready to peace out in New York. I think just as I got like older and be like, all right, yeah, I don't, I don't need a thousand different things to do at four o'clock in the morning, like, <laughs> I know what I like to do. I know who I like to do it with, like, hit me with that and somewhere where there's free parking and I can make it go. <laughs> Yo, the free parking and the parking is, it's, it's real. It's real. This is space. I know. Right? Like four times a week, alternate side. Like that's it's criminal. Yes. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. I don't know where people are watching this from, but like, all, okay. So in, in New York city, there's like both sides of the street, like on Monday and Thursday, you can't park on this side of the street from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. And then the other side, so like every day you have to wake up and move your car and like yeah. kind of like 
you know, you got to get ahead of your neighbors who also have to move their car, but you can't get yeah. too far ahead because you need the first people to have already left for work. It's a, it's a whole big hit. Yeah, no, I definitely under, oh, because I, I don't know, you know, I, right now I'm stationed in the stations. I'm like in, in the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that is, <laughs> yeah, it's been like, it's been so interesting. I love that the pandemic has actually delayed that type of, uh, um, alternate parking is actually only two days out of the week now and i feel like Ooh. wow i can do so much i can get sleep in what <laughs> I was I was just in New York a couple of weeks ago and I was like, Rocky, I can't park anywhere. There are signs saying that I'm going to have to move it at eight in the morning. And she's like, no, 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 it's okay. Uh, it's only once a week now per, per side of yeah, the street. Side. Yeah, because they really try to confuse you. Like, I, you know, you've, you know, you've been in New York for so long that mm -hmm. you just see like the five different sides on one pole and you're like, should I read up? And they're all pointing in slightly askew directions. <laughs> and like, I don't even know. Yes. I can't park in that tree. Like, why is the sign facing up? This makes no sense. But yeah. Karen says that is some Northeast bullshit. Tolls, tickets, fees. Ugh. That's Wait. another thing. Tolls. Yes. Like when you think of, I was, I was went back to New York for the first time uh, in August since the pandemic and just, realizing that manhattan has a 15 dollars cover charge uh, <laughs> depends where you're going because you know in the verrazano if you're coming from jersey it's 19 dollars. that's absurd yeah it has a there's, there's a cover so so wait i could all of this talk now i because you moved i have to ask i have to ask you know i'm i'm down here in south texas we chill you know rocky uh you know, January of 2020 had maybe just moved to Brooklyn from Jersey recently, right? You were just kind of like recently repositioned yourself in the Brooklyn area. Yeah, June, the yeah, June 2019. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So you, six months fresh in the city, living in Brooklyn. Mason, January 2020, moves out to LA. April 2020, pandemic. Who had yeah. it worse, LA or New York? I'll let y'all do that. Ooh. There's no doubt in a bone in my body that it's New York. It's New York. It's New York had it worse. Oh, yeah, it was horrible. I yeah, I don't I don't think anywhere else had navy the like the navy ships of bringing in nurses and and um, yeah, it's, it's you know we don't have to go into that, but it was it's very hard. And I think even our students going back to students and teaching, right, still have that um still feel it right in other types of ways you know i i had students who were like look i i live with like five people and now i'm stuck but i can't and you expect me to work and then there's a a truck full of, of like freezers because like the hospital is um completely booked with like you know people who have passed and now they have just a truck outside and how are you gonna let me teach or like how am i learning you know and i think space yeah. has to do so much about it but I know that our students are just, they're New York tough. They have that mentality and, you know, they, they process it, but they're just really, really resilient. Yeah. Yeah. On the student tip, they're like people, you know, because LA, it's tough on students for another reason because of the space and how spread out it is. And be like, yo, if there's not a bus coming here to take me to school, I don't have internet at my house a lot of the kids and so they were like posted up outside of closed 
Starbucks's and McDonald's just like leaning up against the, you know, up against the wall to like hop on the Wi-Fi to like try to do math and whatnot. So like that was wild. And then off of just like the city wide setup, like my my apartment that I moved from in New York. And this is I was in New York for 10 years, gradually clawing up. So like I'm thinking I'm I'm like on the come up. I'm like, yeah, I get I get sunlight in this place from like 7 a.m to 7 30 a.m there's like one beam that comes through yeah um and just like the the mental wear like i, I can't Im- i it, we're stuck inside but at least i have a window that sees sky and like a little p i can open up the door and like stand outside for a minute and just i mean even just the basics of that is like so much so much uh can be alleviated by just having somewhere where there's not the weight of 10 trillion bricks mushing you down at all times. Like, yeah. I know. Mason, I, I just saw a, t- a tweet that said, uh, I think a couple of days ago was the was the like first, it will be the last time that the sun will set after 7 p.m. Because now, um, yes, because now days are going to be shorter. And the next time mm-hmm. we're going to see a sunset at 7 p.m. will be in March. I'm like, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for like 16 hours of darkness. <laughs> and you're in California and you're just talking about like sun. And I'm like, oh, you look just so happy. I think that's <laughs> like, because like, in my mind, I'm like, could you have done um, write poetry and interact with children, you know, in the, like in California as you would have done in New York because there's it's just it's easier to breathe in California I would believe or just more sunlight and you have more energy compared to like the hustle bustle of New York. For me, and and but one thing I do wonder is that how much of that is because I came immediately here from New York mm-hmm. and so I remember everywhere I would I would travel be like for just enjoyment or on tour or something everywhere on earth felt like nicer and just generally more pleasant and so i and i know that's because i'm like it's chiseled in me the like northeast philly new york jersey whatever mindset that everywhere else seems more rosy and sunshine which is like great i'm glad that i i'm glad that i'm i'm built like this to go everywhere else and it seems like more chill and so i know that definitely like factored in to to how how i've experienced los angeles as like Yo, the sun is still out. <laughs> Yo, it's December first. What do you want to do? How about we go to the beach? Cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah that, it's it's like wide open prairie earth. It's great. Yeah, yeah. To uh, to quote Rent, you know, it's a comfort <laughs> to know when you're hitting the hit the road blues that anywhere else you could possibly go after New York would be a pleasure cruise. I don't understand how people live in that city. I really don't. Uh, but you, do it. <laughs> you just do it, right? You you put one foot in front of the other and you just keep going. Um, Until you do want pizza at 11 p.m. And then <laughs> you're, in, you're in Erie, Pennsylvania. And you're like, this just is simply not happening. Uh, so. <laughs> no, I know. I think that was like the, the appeal of it. But because of the pandemic, everything's closed so early. So you're just like, right. I live in this city. And the perks of like, being like the city that never sleeps, I can't even go out. <laughs> the yeah. lockdown. So, no. Oh, man. Well, yeah. let's let's uh, let's 
wrap up this conversation by pivoting to your your new phase in life, right? You know, so you moved January 2020, uh, and you've been working with GetLit since then. Tell, uh, like, I was looking into the organization. It looks amazing, the work that uh, y'all are doing. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what the organization does and what, what you are doing in the organization and why you're so just jazzed up about it? Yeah, no doubt. So Get Lit is a it's a literacy uh, literacy nonprofit based here in Los Angeles, and what we do, and it's primarily done through a spoken word based curriculum, and like they had teachers and education administrators like vet this uh, poetry curriculum, unlike what I <laughs> and most poets like walk up, hey, imagine some stuff, write it out, you feel good, you know, like they like, straight up. You know, went to it's approved by the University of California system. It's approved by Los Angeles uh, Unified School District, and so roll in and you know, just an appreciation for spoken word poetry, particularly through this uh, classic and response model. So, like, we'll go into the classrooms with a stack of like every year is a new anthology of uh, classic poetry, and it's like classic doesn't doesn't mean that it's all like old, but it do, it does contain like Shakespeare and and prior all the way up through Harlem Renaissance poets, all the way up through like Kendrick Lamar lyrics written out. All right. So go into the classrooms and the kids, you know, they go through and they pick whatever poem speaks most to them for whatever reason. And then um, the academic side comes in, read the poem, read it out loud, public speaking skills and memorizing, memorize a poem, research the poet. Uh, and then they write their own response poems to that work. Okay. And it's wide open to them. It could be like a yes end, and then they write their poem as an expansion or like a point counterpoint. They write their poem, whatever it is, stylistically, there's a sonnet, I'm gonna write a sonnet. So whatever it is, their response to that classic. And then whenever they perform uh, perform it, and it all like culminates in uh, this big annual event in the spring called the Classic Slam, where it's like, imagine the National Poetry Slam, except of high schoolers who have gone through the Gitlet curriculum all year, put together and they do these uh, classic and responses and they always perform them back to back. And with the premise being to like show firsthand that great art isn't something that used to happen, but like is currently happening and showing that like trans, not transgression through time. So showing that happened through time of like, hey, we're reading this old text now and this is how this moves me today. And you're, you're just showing that that whole connection. Um, and so then, yeah, then that's that's the, the literacy piece. So that's like the backbone to get lit. And then since then, since it is like 2021 and like literacy doesn't mean, just mean your ability to to like read words on a page. There's like media literacy and just like, uh, so we have a film program and a music program just to, to get kids familiar with like editing concepts and you know, all the ways that you need to, to communicate not just words speaking in front of people, but communicate, get your ideas out on the the virtual worlds and, and all the ways that information and ideas are transmitted, like just making them fluent and literate in all of those senses. And uh, that's pretty much how it goes. And so uh, one other cool thing that I, that I do want to plug, as if I had something to do with it, but they made it before I got here. Uh, they got 27 of the kids, of the Get Lit Poet kids who've gone through the program and done all that. And they wrote and star in a movie. And 
the movie came out at Sundance and like is available to stream. You can go on Amazon Prime or whatever now and stream it. It's called Summertime. And like it was written and it was directed by uh, this guy Carlos Lopez Estrada who did uh, Blind Spotting and Raya the Last Dragon. But um, yeah, the kid, like when you're watching it, the kids you're watching wrote those words and like they are the, the, the poetry segments and the vignettes, like they wrote them. So like it is actually about like their lives as young people in Los Angeles, and uh, it's 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 pretty dope. Wow, that's amazing! I love it. <laughs> Can I get a job? <laughs> Yo, come through. <laughs> I feel like you stay busy. You know what I mean? Like you've been, um, yeah, you just you just been busy. Whether it be New York or or now in California, you got this and. Yo, plus my fantasy football team is rocking it too. Like, oh. <laughs> just coming up. <laughs> and you lost me. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, because I don't like I don't know anything about fantasy football. But no, no. Good for you. <laughs> you, you, you lost both of us. Poems, poems, kids, uh, heartwarming yeah. tales. Yeah, there we go. Back, 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 back. <laughs> no, I, it's just it sounds like such important work uh, that that you and that the organization is doing. Uh, kind of like how Rocky and I were talking at the top of the show. Like every time we work with youth, we just feel so like like I feel hopeful for the future, knowing that you know. These kids are so much smarter than yep. all Yeah, I, I just have to like check adults on when they have like this very blanket pessimistic overview of like, you know, kids today for lack of a better word. Like it's always way less nuanced than me, what we're actually talking about with it. I'm like, yeah, y'all are smart. Like y'all are so you have a solid head you're like you're not just taking the world and being like beaten up by it but you're like taking it in and like contextualizing and like yo this thing it actually is whack and we know that it's whack and so that's why we don't do that and you know whereas adults will just be like kids and they see this on the internet and then they go do it like no no they don't <laughs> like that's you're crazy Facebook ass doing that. Like, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it, it is, it is a uh, heartening, I guess is the opposite of disheartening. It's, it's, it is good to see. Yeah. I think, no, I think, you know, like you were saying, they're just, they're just very hopeful, right? It's just a new generation of being aware, being mindful, being, yeah, I think just open, so open and it just, and so radical in so many ways that we wish that we could, right? That we've been fighting for or been writing about. And here they are just kind of doing the living body experience and putting it up on TikTok and letting us know as old people. <laughs> no, no, no. Jimmy said we're not old. We're not I know, right? I didn't want to I didn't want to start the show being like working with young people, implying that we are not young people ourselves. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. The salt and pepper club. The salt and pepper club. Oh, There's other ones. Yeah. Salt and pepper wisdom. I love it. I'm loving it. Yeah. You know? Um, I'm getting I'm getting the white hairs a little bit. Just not, you know, <laughs> I'm not there yet. Haven't been blessed yet. Um yes. I think, you know, kind of to I think that's I would love I think every time I want to be like, yo, I would love to keep talking to you and there's so many wisdoms and so many amazing stories I think you can provide, right? 
um, and I really want to thank you for being here. And I think, you know, we're talking about the salt and pepper wisdom and learning from uh, the youth and the youth learning from you as well. I think this is a great way to kind of ask you to end. Um, yeah, just kind of wrap yeah. up our show and sprinkle a little bit more salt and pepper on this podcast <laughs> for me, please. Yeah. Well, let me see which one of these papers I can <laughs> <do>. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so this is kind of like, like uh, this, this is my favorite poem of mine that I have written to date. All right. So let me make sure I got all the pages before I start. Okay. There are two types of people in this world. There are those who pack the night before and those who pack 20 minutes before. There are those who curse the subways and those who appreciate living in a place with subways at all. Those who want to be buried raw in the ground under an avocado tree so 10 years later surviving friends can gather to enjoy a bowl of mason guacamole and the rest. There are two types of people. There are flowers and there are bees. There are beans and grounds, stillness and people. Three types, in fact. Okay, there are those who are dead, those who are not dead yet, and the rest. There are two types of music. There's the note and the rest. There are two types of rest. There's a kind I'm capable of and the kind that exists. There are two types of existence, one and zero types of God, but there is the eye and there is the beholder and somewhere in between are two types of beauty, right? There are people of which there are 8 billion types and gods of an equivalent number and they grab their partners, do -si do swing them around till it's all gray matter and pink spirals and two types of people. Who knows and who cares? Because you really only need to know two things one thing completely and how to build a metaphor. But on the other hand, there are two types of bills. There's the ones I've got and the ones I've paid. There's two types of survival, the kind that eats people alive and the kind I'm lucky enough to kind of do by default. But hey, everybody's got a Venn for themselves, right? It's like football. 80,000 different types of people gather to briefly become the same kind of person, to look out at a world they recognize and understand together, where the lines are drawn right where they belong, both sides playing the same game. That sound like any place you know? Yeah, me neither. And man, I just want to be the guac and let the chips fall where they may, because everybody's got a zen for themselves, right? Even when it feels like there are only two kind people in this world, we're more likely to change the rules of football after a single blown pass interference than we are to change the gun laws after the mass murder of children. I know life is just death on vacation, but damn, you know how when a car is moving at that exact speed, it looks like the wheel spokes are no longer spinning? but just a static projection gliding along, the speed of the spokes perfectly synced with the speed of our perception. Well, I am a Charlie horse of energy that entropy is gonna take about 80 years to massage out. And within that cramp, the light that is my body has slowed to this exact speed. So as I zip around this Mobius strip of time space, I can look out and see an image of myself no longer spinning, just a static projection gliding along. And when the sum of parts can look out and see itself as something greater, as something that deserves better, that is exactly the kind of person I want to be. Thank you.
perfect. Mm. Absolutely perfect. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think uh, kind of just like chop and screw that poem up into a bunch of other different like conceits and jokes and metaphors and all. Like that's kind of what everything is kind of about on some level that I'm writing about. Mm. No, thank you. Again, thank cool. you so much. Um, this this is great. I think this is a great way to end our again second week of Mercury and Reggaeton. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this haps and, and rough start, but I think I'm learning that you know, you know, it's a rough start. Um, you know, the conversation and the wisdoms that are dropped are worth, well worth it, right? Cool, cool. Yeah, this is yeah. This is like a hell of fun. I was gonna say. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, thank you. And can you please tell the audience where people can find you and find your work? Yes, you can find me at masongranger.com. That is my website. I have videos from the kids show and from other, you know, other performances and stuff up there. Um, and also fostyandfriends.com is uh, the kids show. If you have a little cousin and you want to, you know, toss them on there, go mm -hmm. for it as well. <laughs> yeah. Getlit.org is where uh, all the get lit stuff is and there like there are ways for the general public to participate there's like an open to the public virtual mic it's all for youth um where you can come through if anybody's in california come through to third street promenade in santa monica we do a monthly open mic there so there's, there's stuff if you want to reach out we can send you all the all the biz yeah well thank you so much shout out to all the work that you do mason one more time people in the comments section show some love uh, for Mason Granger. Thank you, sir. Cheers. My pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Raquel. Hi, We made it through another another <laughs> rough start <laughs> to a show. Uh, but, oh, what a smooth landing. What a smooth landing there at the end. Like, Mason just really just kind of, like, brought it home. Uh, I, I, I loved that poem. Um, and like you said, just a perfect way to end it. I just feel like I'm gonna take that wisdom and I can just breathe, you know, meditate on it. You look so clear and so wonderful now. All for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just, it's just a rough start. It's like Mercury either get done, but then we just like come down. I don't know, maybe it's just the energy I come in and it's all like, ah, and then, you know, mm -hmm. Mason had a very calm. Yes. I, I just love this like, Going back to salt and pepper, like wisdom and like feel and like little bless, bless us. Yeah, see? And I'm like, can you see them? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you my daddy hairs. <laughs> no, I love it, I love it. Well, let's let's thank some people and and absorb the wisdom and maybe a glass of wine. Okay, so I just wanna say thank you to the audience. <laughs> Thank you to the audience for always being here, for showing up. You know, we couldn't do anything uh, without y'all. Uh, we really appreciate you. Um, cannot say enough. So please, please, please continue to follow us and tell your friends about us. Absolutely. The live audience was fantastic. And if you uh, don't tune in live, if you're listening to this afterwards on a podcast uh, or uh, watching it on YouTube, uh, you definitely, um, we still love you. 
even if we're not interacting live. Uh, so whether it's your first time or you've been with us before, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter to find out about all the upcoming shows. We are now more than halfway done with season three. Uh, so we've got a couple a couple of handfuls of shows coming up and some really incredible guests. Uh, so follow us on Instagram and Twitter at words and shh to make sure that you know who's coming up. Yeah, and you can watch this episode and other past episodes on our YouTube um, channel on Words and Shh, right? And we are at 100 uh, subscribers now. So yes, YouTube. And we are getting that much closer to changing our URL. We already did. Oh. Well, you can just go to youtube.com slash words and shit. And there it is. There oh, it is. So excited. Oh. Yeah, like, Tiffany's been like super excited about this. And then you can also listen to us on your podcast and anywhere that you get the podcast um, from our show to any previous shows from our past seasons as well. Absolutely. And so next week, we're, we are having on, in case you don't follow us on Instagram, you don't know. Uh, we're going to let you know right now, next week, uh, we're going to have a, a spoken word legend from Austin, Texas, the one and only Glory B will be joining us on this podcast uh, next week. Can't wait to have uh, have Glory on the show. So until then, y'all stay safe out there. Bendiciones. Bye, y'all.